Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Some say living hope. Some say new birth. And some say resurrection. So we're going to be preaching around this verse this morning, but I want to give some sort of like parabolistic analogies before we begin to help with the whole thing of new life and what is the change. Has anybody here ever seen a, a, a magazine or a, a, a Facebook advert or uh, some kind of advert where, you know, there's a man who was 25 stone and he was like Mr. Blobby and he had more jelly than belly. You, you know what I'm talking about. Then you see him a year and a half later and he's got a six pack. Has anybody ever seen one of these photographs? Has, has any of the guys ever thought, you, you've not just looked, but you've, you've hovered over the advert. In fact, you've not just hovered, you, you've clicked on the link. Come, come on, okay, you don't need to put your hands up. Is it just me? Oh my gosh. So anyway, you see these adverts and you're like, you see the transformation and, and, and somehow you hover because you think, maybe I, I, I could, you know, try to speak to the mountain, but maybe I need to do something else. And because of someone else's victory, you, you, you're, you're um, enticed into reading about their victory and how their victory came about, not over the darkness, but over the fatness. And you wonder how on earth did they get their victory? So you, you, you explore some more and you read some more. And when you get to the detail, you think, no, I'm not even eating cabbage soup for 40 days and 40 nights. No way am I doing that. Then you read the next one and you think, yeah, you know, it might be a bit more palatable. You just eat meat on it and burgers on it. Come on. It's my kind of diet. So you, you think that, that's, that's doable because you see the transformation in someone else. You see the change that's taken place, and, and, and it pulls you in. It's the same with the, the, the sense and the taste of victory is so powerful, and victory can motivate you to the next victory. I'll use a, a football analogy just now. Apologies to those of you that are only into rugby or hockey, but I'm going to use football. And when you think back to 1967, I know most of you weren't even around then. You were born that year. Congratulations. Happy birthday today. So, um, 1967, and Glasgow Celtic, for those of you that are Rangers supporters, I apologize, but, but Glasgow Celtic won the European Cup for the very first time. And lo and behold, they reached a semi-final, and maybe an R-final or an R-semi-final, of an R-European Cup. Why? Because the taste of victory spurred them on to l- believe that they could have an- another victory after the first victory. Now, probably a better example is, is Manchester United in 68 won the European Cup, and they've gone on to win it quite a few times since. They've been spurred on to victory because of the first victory. Liverpool FC have won it, I think it's five times or six times now, the, the Champions League. There's some Liverpool fans in the house. So they've been spurred on by that first victory to another victory, to another victory, to another victory, to another victory. Real Madrid have won it at least a dozen, maybe 13 times now. 
You see the power of victory. Victory brings momentum. And I'm only talking football this morning so far, but I want to talk about a greater momentum, a more powerful momentum in the transformation of a believer's life. Because we need to be transformed by one victory, but that one victory leads to other victories in our lives and in other people's lives. Come on, there's at least nine of you in agreement. So there's, that victory <laughs> leads to other victory, and that victory leads to more victories in the Christian life, in Jesus' name. And it's important that we understand the power of transformation. In the New Testament, when the word transformation is used in the epistles, it means, what do you call that thing that crawls along a leaf? A caterpillar. A caterpillar, it means that when a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly, something incredible takes place. So it goes from a caterpillar to a micro bowl of soup, and from that bowl of soup, somehow it turns into a butterfly. And that's what happens. The transformation that takes place in a believer's life is incredible. It's a supernatural thing that takes place, that we're transformed from a place of our natural nature, but we then have the nature of God within us. And that nature transforms us from the inside out. This verse I'm sharing here this morning was, was written by one of the eyewitness account holders. You know, you, some of you are a Bank of Scotland account holder, a Royal Bank of Scotland account holder, nationwide bank account holder. But listen, these guys, the 12 witnesses, were account holders of the witnessing of Jesus being alive 2,000 years ago. And they were eyewitnesses to his miracles. They were eyewitnesses to his life. They were eyewitnesses to his death. And they were eyewitnesses to his resurrection. So when the Apostle Peter is preaching here this morning, you think I'm preaching. This is preaching here this morning. I'm just kind of doing a wee drama round about what he says. But here's the thing is what took place in Peter's life changed everything. Peter was a man, was an apostle of Jesus Christ. When you read about him, the accounts in the New Testament, it's incredible how earthy and how wild and how rough around the edges he was. It was incredible. I know some of you here today are a bit like that. Don't raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. But there's some of you who are like that. You might think I'm a bit rough around the edges. I've had mishaps. I've had mistakes. I've had things go wrong in my life. There's been a lack of character. There's been bad judgment. There's been mistakes that I've made. But here's the thing. You're in good company, and you're in a good crowd. All these disciples, these 12 guys that you know, had a major impact on the early church, these 12 people, plus a whole bunch more of people as well, had an incredible impact for, for the kingdom of God as Jesus spread his gospel. Because Jesus only had a small amount of followers while he was alive. After he was raised from the dead, hallelujah, after he was raised from the dead, something took place when the Spirit of God fell upon the church, and an incredible thing took place. And from there, that's when the church multiplied. And the good news today, ladies and gentlemen, is we're part of that multiplication. We're part of that multiplying seed of the gospel of the kingdom of God 
that will go out to the ends of the earth and win many people to Jesus. So we're part of that seed, that we're part of that living word. We're part of that. And Peter, Peter had, you know, he was a brash fisherman. And uh, as it says in Mark, it says, and as, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls, now remember, I'm about, in a moment or two, I'm about to tell you about Peter's great sermon that happens 53 days later. So this is, this is just before. So if you imagine, if any of you seen the TV series 24 or any Netflix series where it goes back three years earlier and they go back. So this is, I'm, I'm going back uh, 53 days earlier. So we're back and, and Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls, this is just as Jesus is about to be crucified. One of the servant girls of the high priest came and, and seeing Peter warning him, warming himself rather, she looked at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster, the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And Peter cursed and sweared. And at the end, it says that the, the rooster cr crows and, it denies, and he denies him three times. And Peter broke down and wept. So in this situation, we see a Peter who is someone who is completely and utterly broken by his lack of character. See, Peter knew the call, but he lacked the character. Peter knew what it was to know the Christ. He knew Jesus by revelation. Some of you here this morning might say, I've known Christ by revelation, but I've blown it through a, lot, through a lack of character. But here's the thing, there's restoration. And here's the restoration that we see with, with, with Peter. It's, a, it's incredibly powerful what takes place in Peter's life. You see, he goes from hopelessness to hope in 53 days. And he preaches one of the best sermons ever. It's outstanding. It's incredible what takes place in his life. But Jesus restores him after the resurrection where Jesus is raised from the dead. Something incredible takes place in Peter's life. And Jesus restores him on the beach. And Jesus has a barbecue, fish barbecue. And don't think there's any fish on our barbecue today. I think there's burgers going to be served outside at the end of the meeting. But here's the thing. Jesus cooked some fish on a breakfast. How strange is that? But I want to tell you, Jesus ministers in the natural as well as the supernatural as well with his disciples. So something takes place where Jesus restores Peter after his mess and his hopelessness and his lack of character. But what takes place next is an incredible miracle because Jesus restores Peter and he's back in action because Jesus tells him, take care of my sheep. And at that time, we don't know how many sheep there were, 120 uh, met in the upper room for prayer before Pentecost because Jesus said, you're going to have to wait on the Holy Spirit coming. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be able to preach in power. So how, how does the dynamic change? How does something change where, where Peter is, is in hopelessness and he's in complete dysfunction and he goes from that dysfunction to become this Holy Ghost dynamo in 53 days? And I want to tell you here today, ladies and gentlemen, 
It doesn't take a fish supper to restore you. It just takes the Holy Ghost nowadays. The Spirit of God will fill us up and He'll restore us. You might have messed up. You might have had, you know, even as a Christian, you might have had a lack of character. Someone's gone wrong. You've malfunctioned. But I want to tell you the dynamo of the Holy Ghost is here today. The dynamo, the power of God is here today to restore lives, to pick people up, to raise people up, to change lives around for His glory. And that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus takes us from hopelessness to hope. And here's, here's Peter. This is on preaching in Acts chapter 2. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, just as yourselves know this man, delivered up by the determined plan and foreknowledge of God. You executed by nailing to a cross through the hand of lawless men. God raised him up. Somebody shout, raised him up. God raised him up, having brought to an end the pains of death because it was not pos possible for him to be held by it. I love that. It was not possible for Jesus to be held by it. But God, it says in Acts 2.24, same verse, but in NIV, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. In another version, I love this version, it says the abyss can no longer hold the Redeemer than a pregnant woman can hold the child in her body. Isn't that powerful, ladies? I was going to say men, but preach the ladies here. You've got to be sensitive nowadays. So, uh, so um, it's powerful. But that whole thing of how Christ's death could not hold Jesus Christ down. Something happened in Peter in these 50 plus days where he denied the Christ, then suddenly by the power of the Spirit, he's standing up and preaching the Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to announce to you today, it may be you that God is calling. God is calling you to, to preach His Word. God is calling you to follow Him. You may say, well, I'm not, I'm not worthy of following Jesus. You don't know the sins and the mistakes that I've made in my life. You don't understand the dynamics of my life. You don't understand any dysfunction in my life. And you know what? You're correct. I don't. But God does. And God sees everything and He knows everything. He knows the number of hairs on your head. For those of you who are full head, it's a longer count. But guys like myself, it's less. He's got an easier job. So, uh, but the whole thing is that God knows everything about us. And He can take us from that place of hopelessness to that place of hope and dynamos as well. In Jesus Christ, there is dynamo. What does that mean? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And through His resurrection, as Peter talks about the power of His resurrection, we have incredible hope in our lives. Sometimes, sometimes we're, 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 we're uh, motivated by short-term gain or, 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 or a short-term human hope. But are we motivated on a day-by-day -day basis by the living hope, the now hope? This verse here says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth or born again into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Thank God for his resurrection. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, the resurrection power is living today. And as Peter understood the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as he was able, as he was empowered to write this epistle, I don't know how exactly how many years later, but he wrote this epistle, he wrote these, this letter to churches. Something had changed in him. He understood the power of the resurrection. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen him and witnessed the death and resurrection, death and resurrection of Jesus, but believe in him. That's us. We've not witnessed it, but many of us today have witnessed and experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is incredible. Most religious leaders are dead in the grave. Jesus is alive. And Jesus ascended into heaven in an incredible way. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that the Spirit of God will come. And when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, something supernatural took place in people's lives. And here's the supernatural event. We go from death. You see, one day, I'm going to die. My body's going to die. But I can tell you here today, my spirit will live, and I'll go and I'll be recreated in a new body, and I'll live forever with a king. And that's the promise of Jesus. That's his promise to us as believers. And for those of you here today that might be thinking, what the heck is this guy talking about? You might not have been in a church service, and you might have thought, what's all this crazy dancing about? But it's because of Jesus. It's because we love him. We want to honor him. The reason I stand up here today is because the, the power of the Holy Spirit enables us to preach the gospel. And by his word, we can bring uh, supernatural things to occur because of him. And today, ladies and gentlemen, there can be a supernatural act take place in your life. And the greatest supernatural act, we've seen people healed. We've seen amazing things take place in our life. We've seen people free of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, all sorts of addictions. But the greatest gift is the new birth. And when someone is born again of the Holy Spirit, something supernatural takes place. And this is what takes place. People say immediately when they're born again of the Spirit and they begin to get discipled, one of Jesus' disciples, they begin to read the Bible in a disciplined manner, something happens and takes place in their lives supernaturally. I know many people who have come to know Jesus and they say the next day they, they stop cursing and swearing. And they said they've sworn for 30 odd years or 20 odd years. They've, they've received the Holy Spirit and something has been healed in their body. Or, or, or the, the, the anger, they used to take SCAGI. That's a Dundee word for uh, anger management issues. So, so they've taken big SCAGIs. And they used to have real issues with anger. And as, as they've yielded to God, the Spirit of God has changed that. And what they found is they've gone on a, a, a journey with God. Some people who've sinned against them, they've been able to forgive them. And they've been able to let some stuff go where there's been pain in their life because sins have been committed against people. I know people who have been on the verge of suicide and have been talked out and have come to know to Jesus as well. So it's important that we recognize the power of the cross. We recognize because on, on Friday morning, there were 65 of us up Dundee Law. Now, it was a wee bit chilly. That was a big bit. That was a wee bit. Wasn't as chilly as the previous year. But I want to tell you, either we are completely off our heads, or we love God, 
and we believe that our prayers have been answered as we pray for our city. Now, Friday night, many of us gather for, for Easter Friday, for Good Friday, to reflect on the death of Jesus. But this morning, we're reflecting on the resurrection. And listen up, saints, you have a living hope within you. And victory after victory, goodness me, if Real Madrid can win that champ, they're not that great a team, I'm just kidding. If they can win that Champions League so many times and be motivated just by football, how much more are we motivated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, amen? Come on. So, so, it's important that we walk in that victory morning by morning, day by day, not just church service by church service. I know it's awesome being in church. I love it as well, and I get highly motivated. I was crying out to God in that seat, seat this morning saying, God, fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Help me communicate. I was crying out to God for his resurrection power as I spoke. So I said, God, help me. And I want to tell you, when I read the Bible, I'm like a, my wife sometimes calls me a gra drama queen. Do you know that? Shocking, isn't it? A man of my stature, and she calls me a drama queen. You know, when I ever get unwell, and I'm like, can you get me a cloth, Jonah? She's like, that is so dramatic. I'm like, it's not dramatic. So, uh, so she calls me a drama queen, but she's repenting of it right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, but when I, when I read the Bible, you know how I, I, I've got, a, I don't know if any of you are like this, but when it talks about, say, for example, Psalm 23, we all know, well, should know Psalm 23, or at least heard of it. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I, I shall not want. Most people, I've seen other people read the Bible, and they sit there quietly and go, mm, and they think about it. I'm, I'm like, the Lord is my, come on, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my, and I start preaching to myself in my living room. And I'm like, oh, where, wherever I'm at, and, and no one else, it's not in Starbucks, don't worry. I'm not going in Starbucks. The Lord is my shepherd. So it's normally in a quiet place, but I, I, I kind of speak out the word. And I say, God, thank you that you're, you're, you are my shepherd. Lord, thank you that I'm not alone, that you're steering me and guiding me. Thank you that you guide me and lead me in uh, green pastures. Thank you, God, for these green pastures. Thank you for the good things, the good grass to feed on as one of your sheep. Thank you, God. And that's how I kind of read the Bible. Does anybody else do that? Yes. Oh, there's at least three others. Oh, it's great. I feel less of a weirdo now. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So it's important that we, we chew on the Word and we eat the Word. And when we read this kind of thing, sometimes we can just speed over it. We can speed read. But it's important. I say, God, thank you that you're my Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you for the new birth. Thank you for the living hope. And thank you for the resurrection, Jesus, that I can walk in every day. Thank you for your power, your spirit, that I can walk in, I can walk in now. Amen? I'm going to invite the band up right now. We're going to have a song of worship. But can I invite us all to stand? I'd like to pray for everyone in this room. Is that okay? I'd just like to honor you and bless you for being here today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person in this room here today. I thank you that you love me and you love us. You love all of us. And I thank you for the power of the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you for that living hope. Thank you, God. It's not just a hope for 2,000 years ago, a past hope. It's a present hope, and it's a future hope. And I pray, oh God, that you would
give us tremendous hope in our hearts this morning. Father, I pray for those who are kind of on a journey to getting to know you, O God, here today. I pray, O God, that you would just warm the hearts within them and you'd bring that conviction, that not conviction of uh, how horrible they are, but conviction of, yes, they've done things their way, but they need to do it Yahweh, your way, O God. And they'd be aware, Lord, of, of sin that you want them to be aware of, not that we impose on them, but they'd be aware by your spirit what's not right, because the greatest sin is ignoring you, O God, and not believing in you. So, Father, we just change our hearts. We choose to believe in you this morning, O God. And as we worship you this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that you do something supernatural in us as we worship you. I just pray that hearts that are hard would soften, O God. I pray for a miracle. Father, I pray for where there's uh, pregnant, uh, people who are struggling to get pregnant. I pray for, um, just lay your hand on your womb. If that's you, Father God, I just pray for a miracle in wombs here this morning. Just declare that miracle in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray for bodies where people have pains in their body. They're racked with pain in any part of their body. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would touch them now. Spirit of God, just touch them. We declare your healing upon people's lives in this room right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to worship right now. At the end of the meeting, there's going to be a response. Uh, there's going to be an opportunity to respond. We've got Bibles we can give people who'd, who'd love to read a little bit more about Jesus and the resurrection and the power and the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll give them out at the end. But let's worship right now, church.